The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Hour two on the Sports Complex on a Thursday afternoon here on the Horn. We've already talked some bracketology bubble watch for Texas basketball. Texas women's basketball getting the win over Texas Tech last night, 77 to 72. Your top contenders in the NBA. We'll get to this hour. We'll get in to uh, some free agent pickups for the Cowboys that they could be interested in if they want to go all in, like Jerry said. Talk a little bit about Texas and the coach they've just brought back. And baseball, MLB, spring training is back. We will get into a little bit of uh, the top storyline, I feel, for both uh, the Rangers and the Astros. And, of course, your text messages asking you big fat poll of the day today on the text line 512-447-3776. Big fat poll of the day today. Who will be the third Longhorn drafted in the NFL draft? Uh, you know, we've asked you who the second was yesterday, and a lot of you went with that uh, A.D. Mitchell. If we look at most mock drafts, those would be the two first-round uh, picks in most mock drafts. It's Byron Murphy and A.D. Mitchell. So then who would be your third Longhorn? If you want to give extra credit, tell me when and what team picks them uh, as the third Longhorn. And it could be A.D. Mitchell. It could be, you know, Tavondre Sweat. It could be J.T. Sanders. It could be Jonathan Brooks. All options that uh, Xavier Worthy is definitely up there. He already had an Xavier Worthy. Uh, th- those are all very big options. I don't think Byron Murphy would slip to third. He seems to be, be the first or second Longhorn taken most likely. Uh, but those, you know, JT Sanders, we've talked about that, you know, if they if Brock Bowers goes early, early, and someone really was looking tight end, he may climb up on that first round. Uh, Tavondre Sweat is somebody that I think a lot of teams are going to talk down kind of and, and not really talk much about because they want him to slip because some projections have him going down. I could see somebody looking at him and say, why is he not ranked higher? Let's go get that guy. You could see Xavier Worthy and Adonai Mitchell, depending on the 40 times what they do at the combine, maybe somebody says, wow, we need to get this speed for us in the NFL. Having guys like Deshaun, uh, like, like having guys like Tank Dell, having smaller guys that are having a huge amount of uh, impact in the NFL right now and people from Sark's coaching tree that are coming in the NFL, those people, maybe he will get, uh, maybe Xavier Worthy moves up on some boards and, and you know gets that second, that third pick. Let us know on the text line, 512-447-3776. Before we get back to the text line, uh, we should say Texas did make a hiring move yesterday. Uh, they brought back Chris Gilbert. Uh, Chris Gilbert was a guy that was brought in by Sark at the very beginning of his run at Texas. He was the director of high school relations uh, when he was with Texas. He left in December of 2022, uh, went to North Texas. He was an assistant head coach and tight ends coach, uh, went to North Texas. I believe the, 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 the thought is that he wanted to go coaching more. He was doing recruiting more and not in the coaching realm. Uh, so he took an opportunity to go coaching a little bit more. Uh, went to North Texas, was there for a little bit. Texas and Sark are apparently very high on Chris Gilbert. They, they respect him and, uh, like his mind, like his recruiting, like all of that. So they made an offer to bring him back. He is now the special assistant to the head coach. So it is now off the field again, but he does get to work some as a coach a little bit more. Uh, he'll be back in the recruiting department as well. 
And we know, you know, I'm sure he learned, <laughs> he, you know, makes those connections, stayed in Texas, made the high school's connections. Uh, but the difference of recruiting and the budgets and everything between North Texas and Texas, uh, you know, I'm sure he'll be glad at some of the benefits of trying to recruit and do things in Texas. Uh, also, we can say that MLB, the uh, spring training started. When I looked earlier at the score, I'll see if I can pull it up again. It was the uh, Dodgers and the Padres starting spring training games off. Uh, the Rangers start tomorrow, the Astros on Saturday. Uh, but uh, when I looked earlier, it was 8-0 in the bottom of the first. It is now 14-1 to in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, the Dodgers are winning that game. So they're not the best games in spring training, but you can go watch some baseball if you want to watch some baseball. Uh, that is happening now. But I thought since we're getting into uh, spring training, uh, some things to look out for. And, you know, we'll keep talking about it when these stories actually come through. But I thought since they're starting, guys are going in. Kind of the major storylines for both clubs right now uh, of what they need to get done in spring training to make you feel like this team can go in for the for the Astros get back to where they were uh, winning a World Series and for the Rangers to return and, and do what they did last season, winning a World Series. We'll start off with the Astros. Uh, and really the biggest thing for the Astros in this spring training is to stabilize that pitching staff. They have a number of good pitchers on that staff, but we know at the end of the season last year, we saw some issues with some of the guys that the pitch clock and kind of some of the changes there really threw them off. They were starting to get flustered. They were starting, you know, when things went downhill for our Astros pitchers, they went downhill fast. Uh, that's something that they need to work on and see if you get your guys back on the winning track, back to feeling good. If you feel you have that rotation, uh, you have a guys like Luis Garcia and Lance McCullers that are still out. They're going to be out till about midseason. I know Lance McCullers being out is no surprise to anybody. Uh, he has been a guy that we know has some talent, but he's just been injured so much. Uh, and Luis Garcia, if you know, was a rockabye baby pitcher. Uh, and then with the pitch clock, had to get rid of that to get the ball out a little bit quicker. Uh, so those guys are going to be out for a little bit, but they still have a lot of good pitching coming into spring training. Justin Verlander coming off a surgery. Uh, should be ready during spring training, beginning of the season. Uh, but you have Verlander. If he can get back into it, he knows what he's doing to get back into it. But Framber Valdez, can he go back to being the ace pitcher that he was the beginning of last year and, and the year before? Uh, Christian Javier, another young guy that you know has done really well but had some struggles. Jose Arquiti falls into that group. All those guys, can you get those guys performing at a really high level at the beginning of the season? Get that pitching staff up to where you want it to be because you're spending the money now. Those are all guys who are really cheap. You st you've kept a lot of those, paying them a little bit more, so you want to make sure that those guys are going to be pitching a part of a good rotation. And then a couple young guys you want to look out for. J.P. France is a guy who came up last season, did well. Can he earn a spot in the rotation, or does he go back to minors? Does he enter the bullpen? It's kind of a long-relief guy. What does J.P. France do after an offseason coming in where he made it up to the MLB level. What does he look like in spring training? And Hunter Brown, a guy that a lot of people were looking for to kind of see if he could get up. His, his mechanics, he really emulates a lot of what Verlander does. He gets to work with Verlander in spring training now uh, and, and kind of go through the process of getting ready for a season, see if he can get himself and take that next step this season uh, to be a next-level pitcher for the Astros uh, but Hunter Brown, definitely somebody for the Astros that you're going to be looking at in spring training to see if he's going to get his stuff up to par uh, for the beginning of the season. If he becomes, he takes that next step as a pitcher, uh, a lot of things. And in spring training, you have to keep in mind with pitching as well with hitting. 
They are going to be working on a few things as well, so you can't take everything just for stats in uh, in spring training. You kind of have to take some things with a grain of salt uh, because we, we know they're going to be their their pitching could be okay. Well, we just want to work on this one pitch, so you're going to throw it a lot, and some guys are going to hit off you. We don't really care, uh, just like they do in the minor leagues. Those numbers are not always perfectly right, but a guy like Hunter Brown, JP France, you want to see their stuff is working well. You want to hear those reports that they're looking really good uh, for the Rangers. Uh, the real question is, can they find some more young help and solid veterans? The Rangers have had a really weird offseason. They spent a ton of money the last two offseasons, brought in a lot of people. They win the World Series, and you'd think that maybe they would go out again and spend more money, and maybe this team would say, we're going for it all, we want to win again, like they didn't go out. Tech, the Astros went out and brought in Josh Hader. Uh, they brought in, they had Ryan Presley, who was one of the top closers. He's now a setup guy, and Josh Hader is now your closer. So they went out and did that. The Rangers were in the bidding for that man, too, to help solidify their bullpen that had issues uh, last season. They didn't go for that. They haven't spent a lot of money. That's partially because their television rights deal with Bally Sports and all of those, like a lot of teams had this issue. Uh, those were supposed to be getting a lot of money. Basically, all those places declared bankruptcy. So there was some money that payroll it, you know, wasn't coming in the same way that they thought it was. The budget didn't look right because of money that they were expecting to get from their local TV deal wasn't coming in, so they couldn't go out and spend a bunch more money before you know making sure their local TV deal rights and that money was going to be coming in. So it's a little awkward of an offseason for the Rangers. However, they are a really good team. Now, can the guys like Josh Young and Evan Carter, those guys, take another step this season, get even better? The young guys, can they perform at the same level they played at last year? Uh, we know we know that you know if Marcus Simeon can improve a little bit, he was re- he was good at points, but not as good as he needed to be. Can he go? And then that young bat Wyatt Langford, uh, he's a fourth ranked prospect uh, in the, in basically all of baseball right now. He's really young, uh, hasn't played a lot of minor league baseball, but he is a guy that is going to be someone to watch in spring training because the Rangers just don't have a ton of depth because they couldn't bring in a couple more guys. If you get some more youth. Which is what really you know they took the Rangers to the next level. They brought in the big money, but the young guys in that farm system are what got the Rangers the World Series. Well, maybe you could get a little bit more help. Wyatt Langford is a guy to watch uh, for Rangers baseball as you go into this spring training. If he has a big one playing with the big boys, you know a day one call up seems a little lofty uh, for Wyatt Langford, but you never know. They, there's, you know, when you're the Rangers right now and you weren't able to go out and spend the, way, the money the way you wanted to, it's one of the reasons why there still are top free agents out there, I think, is because the money kind of didn't end up right because of those local TV rights deals for several MLB teams. Uh, but, if, you know, if that gets settled, they are able to figure out that payroll. They may still try and bring somebody else into the fold. Uh, but those young guys for the Rangers, they need to see that. They also brought in a bunch of veteran pitching, hoping to find a few guys that are going to be able to fit into that rotation, fit into the pitching staff. We know they have a couple guys, DeGrom and and uh, Scherzer, who are both going to be out until probably midseason. Uh, then those guys will both come back in. But you've got to make that gap and not lose space in a division with a good Mariners team, with uh, you know the Angels, who knows what they'll do with Otani gone, but Trout's still there. Uh, you you have uh, the A's who are tanking to go to Vegas, but maybe they'll spend money now. Doubt it. Uh, and then, of course, the Astros and Rangers are going to be battling for that uh, top position all season long. We know that, along with Seattle. Uh, so if you have both those teams, uh, the Astros and the Rangers battling, and then you throw in Seattle, you can't really get behind early because you're waiting for guys to come back. 
So that young playing and those veteran pitchers going to be big. Uh, looking to see what they do in uh, the spring training. Rangers first game tomorrow for spring training. And then uh, the Astros will start up in uh, on Saturday for their first spring training game. Uh, let's get back to text on 512-447-3776. Whatever you guys want to talk about, if you want to talk about any of that. Or a big fat poll today, who will be the third Longhorn drafted in the NFL draft? Extra credit. If you tell me what pick and what team drafts them. If you can tell me those, that's extra credit for you there on the text line. You know, I do great everybody. At the end of the show, I grade them. No one sees them, but I grade everybody. Back on the text line, our dub. He's with me. Embrace a margarita. It's National Margarita Day. I what, it's 40 minutes left in the show. I'm like 45 minutes away from a margarita, maybe more. I don't know if the traffic's going to give me the break to get to the margaritas that quick. But yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm with you. Embrace the margarita, R Dub. Uh, text says, just like wrestling guy, we're deep diving into on all the combine, NBA, mock drafts, basketball. Let me hear more. Let's hear more about UT baseball. It's like the redheaded stepchild. I can tell you, there's a difference. Uh, ba- you, college baseball is a little bit harder to do a ton of research on in the offseason. Uh, plus, it's going on. I'm a basketball guy. I will follow basketball. If I wasn't doing this, I would follow basketball a ton. Uh, so I, I've, and I've followed it and covered it and done stuff for the last 20 years in basketball. So for me, I'm going to cover basketball a lot. Uh, and then for football, we're always going to talk football. That is, that is kind of bread and butter for uh, people here in Texas. And so we do we talk baseball. I will tell you personally for me, as the season keeps going on, and I get to watch this team play a little bit more. I've been watching their games. As, as we get a little bit further into the season, I see some trends for some guys. We'll talk more about uh, Texas baseball. It's just hard to do the deep dive research on a lot of these guys uh, and, and kind of what the team mentality is. But we'll keep it going. Trust me, we'll get into it. And as the season progresses in, uh, in baseball for Texas baseball, I'm watching the games. I'm, I'm trying to pick up some notes and, and get into it a little bit more. Uh, but I don't have necessarily the offseason prep done on that necessarily. So I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying because UT baseball, they can't be the right stepchild because they win, man. They're a really, they're a great program. Uh, so you can't, and also the fans for Texas baseball are the best. Like I, like I love basketball. I love that. And you know, the Moody Center has improved the basketball format a ton. In football, we know you can pack out the DKR when this team's winning, but man, that baseball fan base, y'all are the coolest fan base. It's just, you know, Occupy left field and, and the, now the Yeti yard and all that cool stuff. There's so much cool stuff that's happening with the, the the baseball fan base that I don't want to leave you guys. You're definitely not the redhead stepchild to me. Uh, I just know it's harder for me to cover that uh, sometimes early in the season. So we'll keep going into it. And uh, Dexter says, uh, do you remember when Adolis Garcia made the Astros his word I can't say on the radio? Look, do you remember when Jose Altuve did it, uh, what, 150 times? You get one and you get cocky over there. <laughs> yes, but I do remember. I do remember. By the way, just for Rangers fans, and I know because I got this flack about the Cowboys too, and I don't care that much, but I want to tell you, I watched the Rangers game with Rangers fans uh, in the World Series. Last game, of the se- uh, last game of the series, I watched with them, and I was rooting for the Rangers, and there was a point in the, se- in the game where things were not going as well. I walked outside by myself and watched a game outside by myself to help change the energy in the room to help the Rangers, because I said, you know what? Maybe it's being an Astros fan in the room full of Rangers fans that is causing this. And when I walked outside, the Rangers rallied right after that and went ahead, and I just stayed out, and then people were talking to me in the breaks. Because during the game, everybody's got to be in there. I'll be out here. I'll separate myself for the good of the team. So I'm with you. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not a hater, 
There's not, you know, I'm happy there's a rivalry. I know one of the few. I know Rangers fans hate the Astros. They hate them. As an Astros fan, I don't I don't hate the Rangers. Maybe I will in, in, in four or five years when y'all keep being good. You got a good young team. Uh, but right now, no, I'm rooting for you. Because, look, I'm, I'm a simple man. When teams, when my friends' teams win, the party is better. I prefer the party to be better. All right, I want to get to this in a little bit. Uh, I, there's not much because this is a thing about the Cowboys and free agency. There's We don't know what the Cowboys are going to be able to do in free agency until they make a few decisions about their salary cap. They're already over the cap. They're going to have to figure out some guys to get rid of. They're going to have to figure out some guys uh, to clean up that staff. And, and if they're going to re-sign Dak Prescott and try and open up some money that way, restructure some guys. So we don't know how much money they actually have. We do know Jerry Jones said they're going all in. We do know that Mike McCarthy last season said we're going to run the ball more, and they didn't. So I think there's plans, and then there's what's reality. I don't think Mike McCarthy didn't want to run the ball more. They just didn't plan properly for it. Uh, so here's a couple names I want to throw out there for you guys for positions that are of need. And some of these positions we talked about in the draft, I think we'll start off with O-line. I think O-line is going to be in the draft. I think that's where you try to get guys. They're a little bit more inexpensive. You can go draft two or three offensive linemen in this draft if you're the Cowboys. You don't have a ton of holes where you really need guys, but you can kind of take some shots on some O-linemen, try and bring some youth into that room. And depending on if you bring back Biotish, I doubt you're going to bring back Tyron Smith, but if you do, then you need less of that. Maybe you only draft two, but uh, you know, and maybe you draft those a little, a little bit later. But uh, a couple of guys that are out there, Robert Hunt is a guy – a uh, really good offensive lineman you may be able to go out there and get. Connor Williams, also an interesting name, uh, left the Cowboys, goes to the Dolphins, plays really well for the Dolphins. He's got to stay healthy, but he's a guy who knows more of what the system is going to be for the Cowboys. No, you never can say never. Uh, Jerry may say that you know we need to go out and get somebody else. If, if Biotis is asking for too much, Connor Williams is out there. You may go out and try and get him back. Now, here's the name in Cowboys talk that I think you need to look at. I doubt you can get him, but if you can, man, this guy's going to want to get paid, and he's somebody that I would say would be near my top of my list of guys that I would say pay the high price for this guy and he will change your defense is Patrick Queen from the Ravens. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option. He came out in a salary year, and he's going to want to get paid for it, but, man, did he play good for the Ravens last season. Bring him in with Mike Zimmer is that inside linebacker position and really shore up that inside linebacker part. Make it where Patrick Queen and Micah Parsons playing together I think could be a dynamic group of guys to be able to allow Micah Parsons to be the threat he is while Patrick Queen cleans stuff up on the side. You can also go defensive tackles. I know they said Chris Jones. I can't see them affording to take Chris Jones out of Kansas City and Kansas City letting him do that. Of course, if you can, that's your A number one. You go get Chris Jones. Just don't see it happening. DJ Reader, though, somebody else, going to cost a pretty penny, but if you can, that's a guy who can take up a couple guys in the paint in the middle, in the middle of that O line, and really open up. He doesn't necessarily get the best pass rush all the time, but he's going to shore up that run defense and allow Micah Parsons to be the guy that you want him to be. And you go out to that secondary, Jalen Johnson. If you say we're not letting Stephon Gilmore go, we're going to have Jerron Bland and Trayvon Diggs, and we want to get a guy out there who is a top cover corner that's not necessarily going to get the ball thrown his way a lot so they throw it more at our ball hawks in Duran Bland and Trayvon Diggs Jalen Johnson from the Bears interesting name to look at there just to really make your secondary one where you funneling the ball to your ball hawks could be an interesting one there uh, and then finally we know the running back position right 
The running back position for the Cowboys is a position of need. The the draft is a place you probably if I'm if I'm the Cowboys, I'm drafting one and I'm signing one because I do want to run. They finished 14th last season in rushing. It's not the worst, but they needed to be top five, top ten. They weren't. I think this offense works a ton better if you can run the ball. And the two names that are out there, I like the Derrick Henry name still. I know he's not fully there, but I think you can get eight, nine games out of him until you get that rookie up to par, and then the rookie kind of takes over a little bit more, and a one-two punch of Derrick Henry and a rookie could be a fun look for the Cowboys this season. The Josh Jacob names is coming up a lot. I don't know if I love that fit from Mike McCarthy and Dak. I'm just not sure if I love it. I'm a big Josh Jacobs fan. I'm just not sure that fit culture-wise and chemistry-wise with that team, getting him in and getting to play at the highest level, uh, he might be comfortable there, and I don't feel like Josh Jacobs is his best when he's comfortable. I think he's his best when he's being pushed, and I don't know if the Cowboys organization is a place to, to do that to him and really push him, but who knows? We will see, uh, but those are a couple of names to look out for in Cowboys free agency. If they go big and Jerry does go all in, there's just a few names. There's more. I'd love to hear who you think they should be going for on the text line. Send that one in, 512-447-3776. If I didn't name off someone that you say that should be their number one priority in the, in the offseason, this free agent, send that name in to me as well for the Cowboys. All right. Uh, why don't we take a quick break? We'll come back. Uh, we want to go behind the burn orange curtain as well today. So let's uh, take a quick break, and we'll come back, get back to the text line, get to a uh, hook em up replay, and keep the sports complex rolling here on a Thursday here on the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. The sports complex of the Horn. Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn on a Thursday afternoon. Text lines open 512-447-3776. If you have an opinion on who the top free agent the Cowboys need to go after this offseason, send that one in. Big fat poll today. Who will be the third Longhorn drafted in the NFL draft? Send that one in as well. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, send that in. We've already had Texas baseball to talk about that. We've already had some wrestling. We want to talk about that. <laughs> we, we'll go into whatever. We'll try and go into whatever. You know, I'm trying. I'm trying to get more into Texas baseball. I, and not get into it. I enjoy watching it, uh, but learn and learn and, and read and do all that. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. I promise. Uh, let's go ahead and get to behind the burnt orange curtain with my man Rob Babers. Uh, weekday mornings, uh, six to eleven here on the Horn. Uh, hook him up with Ian Rob B. Uh, let's do a little behind the burn orange curtain on a hook em up replay here on the Sports Complex. All right, I want to get to these uh, Lance Zerline uh, draft uh, profiles. Now, for those who don't know, Lance Zerline does radio down there in Houston, does a great job, but also is a draft analyst for NFL.com. And he famously, and these are real time rankings that will change depending on. The combine, pro days, um, you know, individual workouts and interviews. So he'll adjust these all throughout uh, the offseason, all throughout the scouting season or the silly season, as you want to call it. Uh, but Lance Erline does really good work, and it's, it's extensive. And he ranks all – he gives all the players a grade, ranks them regardless of position, just treats it like a big board, but also will rank them based on their position too. He gives them kind of a position grade, but also an all-around grade. 
And Lance Line, the reason I think people like Lance Line's rankings because they don't always match up with the popular opinions uh, from around college, uh, the college scouting world, or the NFL draft uh, analysis. Because he, he, his individual grades, like I said, they they change based on new information that he gets. Right now, he's got the two highest-rated players in the entire draft as uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Malik Neighbors. The receiver from LSU. Those are his really? two highest ranked players. And what's not, I'll tell you what, uh, I, I saw something, I think it was, uh, let me make sure I get the uh, draft analyst's name correct. Oh, yeah, it's Matt Miller, actually. I'll take it back. It's Matt Miller, NFL draft scout. Uh, he said that he wouldn't be surprised if the top three players in this draft overall, like in terms of their just overall grade and on the big board, were wide receivers. Yeah. Is that that would not yeah. be surprising to him. Yeah, because I have heard a lot of people pushing for Malik Neighbors. I mean, Marvin Harrison is just the established yes. best receiver. Yeah. But people are going back and watching the Malik Neighbors film oh, now saying, man. this is nothing against Marvin Harrison, but, man, this is a dude here. Well, a dude would, the, here. <laughs> would the third be – would that be Odunze? Yes, Odunze would be the third. And I remember, I believe it's – I'll get the Daniel Jeremiah quote about Romeo Odunze, who basically claims – he's like, no, Romeo Odunze is a, is a, a true wide receiver one. Like he believes like that he's a a true number one wide receiver for someone, and he 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 actually said his favorite wide receiver in the draft actually it was uh, I believe it was Daniel Jeremiah who said that was Romeo Dunze. Um his favorite didn't say it was the best. Just talking about his favorite wide receiver in the draft maybe Romeo Dunze. So yeah, I mean they believe that there are three wide receiver ones at the top of the draft. Anyway, getting to the Longhorns like I said, so his his he's got Caleb Williams. Among his top five players, he's got Brock Bowers in that uh, in that ranking too. Among his top five players, so my point in bringing it up is that his rankings aren't always you know the same rankings as everybody else, but they do. Like I said they do change real time. They adjust, so they might end up looking more like everybody's rankings when we're done with the process. So he gives every every player a grade. You know, five point six anywhere in that range means he projects you to be an undrafted plea agent or a practice squad guy. You know, a five point nine. He's got uh, projected as an average backup that might play on special teams. If you get a 6.1 around there, he's uh, a good backup who could become an eventual starter. So there is a method to his madness. He doesn't reveal the methodology, but he does give you the projections of what every grade is. 6.2 average starter, 6.4 good NFL starter. So let's talk about the Longhorns that he has ranked here really quickly. Uh, He's got Byron Murphy, top Longhorn on his uh, draft uh, scouting profiles uh, with a 6.4 grade, 6.48 actually and he's 6.48 translates to basically a good NFL starter but he also says there's some boom and bust ratio and that's 6.5 right so he says 6.48 top D tackle on the board is Byron Murphy he's got the second D tackle on his board and also the second highest ranked Longhorn as Devondre Sweat he's a 6.40 um, in his score he's got Jonathan Brooks as the number one running back um, on the board which is He's got his number one running back, but also he's got him as the third highest graded Longhorn overall. Jay Brooks, no matter where I look, Matt Miller. Um, matter of fact, Matt Miller just put out another tweet about um, Jonathan Brooks where he basically said that Jonathan Brooks, the number one running back on his board, um, even though that he did not expect that. Basically, he didn't expect him to be the number one running back. Mel Kuyper, pro football focus. Daniel Jeremiah all still have Jay Brooks as the top running back, even after the injuries. Says a lot about Jay Brooks's film 
and the way teams uh, feel about him. Um, J.T. Sanders and Jay Brooks have the same grade. Uh, tight end number two overall uh, on his big board is J.T. Sanders. They both had a 6.38, so he's got J.T. Sanders, the fourth highest rated Longhorn, and he's got A.D. Mitchell and Xavier Worthy down uh, in terms of his rankings with the Longhorns. He's got A.D. Mitchell as the seventh wide receiver, which is going to push him back toward the end of the first round, maybe into the second round. Uh, remember, Matt Miller loves him some Xavier Worthy, thinks he's underrated, and he's got Xavier Worthy actually in his first round of his mock draft. So he's got Xavier Worthy mocked in the first round, got A.D. Mitchell mocked in the second round. Daniel Jeremiah's latest mock draft has got A.D. Mitchell in the first round, and he's got Xavier Worthy outside of the first round. So the opinions vary on these wide receivers. Mel Kuyper was asked what wide receivers are the most underrated of this uh, deep wide receiving crop, and he said the Texas guys are the most underrated. And he had A.D. Mitchell in the first round of his mock draft. So it varies. I mean, the wide receivers are deep position. It all depends on what you emphasize and, and what you covet in a wide receiver in terms of the skill set. Uh, he's got Christian Jones uh, ranked at a 5.9, which puts him at an average backup or maybe a guy that can play special teams. Uh, and he's got Ryan Watts, Jalen Ford, round 5.8. Overall, as a prospect, he even ranked Jordan Whittington 5.6. He has uh, Jordan Whittington ranked. Did not rank Keelan Robinson, um, but he's got 10 of the 11 prospects for Texas uh, ranked. And uh, the way it, the way it, it's looking, he even projects the way that his big board setups that Tavondre Sweat actually could end up being a first-round pick too. Uh, the way it's set up because he's got him being the second D tackle on the board, and he's got him as a, a 6.4 grade overall. Remember, Jim Nagy had his tweet, a thread, earlier this week saying Tavondre Sweat should not drop out of the first round. And if that is the case, then, and, and, and Lance Erline is right, it looks like Tavondre Sweat actually may be trending toward being the, the back of the first round pick. We know he can be an early second round pick, but right now some people have him rising up draft boards to be a first round guy too, so... Uh, there you go. That's Lance Zerline's draft profile. They'll change real time, and he adjusts them almost weekly with new information. That's what I really like about Trank. This is not where they are going to be uh, by the time they get to the draft. This will be totally different, and you could have some Longhorns who are uh, increasing their draft stock. Yeah, good stuff. And Lance, of course, Lance's father was a longtime offensive line coach in the in the National Football Lance League. Lance does good work, man. And uh, he, he actually grades them like an NFL scout would, right? That, he that, does. That's how, they, that's how the teams build their big board. Yes. And they – they give them grades, and um, you know that that grade will move from combine and then interviews, medicals, yep. all those things. But as it stands now, that's really based on film, right? The the film from the seasons exactly that right. you've seen. So, um, but sure, I mean that, that's why it's good stuff because that's how they'll build their their board out and uh, position by position. All right, so. Uh, Speaking of first-round picks, right, I mentioned this earlier, but uh, it's just fascinating to look at the history of Texas football, and you went through the numbers of how many first-round draft picks. I mentioned the Longhorns have never had a tight end drafted in the first round, never one time. That's wild. Uh, JT Sanders, if he somehow snuck into the first round, would be the first ever Longhorn tight end. It is a position, though, now I think we're starting to see more and more tight ends drafted early. But, you know, maybe it's trending that way. We'll see. Because, uh, you know, back in the day, t- t- tight end was tackle eligible, essentially. It was just a bit another offense. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but it also said Rod played at DBU, uh, the mo- position with the most first-round picks, defensive back, 14. I'm not surprised by 14 that. 14 all-time first-round picks. Even when Texas was bad, it was producing good DBs. Most recent was Kenny Vaccaro in 15. Yep. Or 2013, he was 15th it's overall. It's been a while, actually, then. First DBU graduate, Rod, or, or, or DBU defensive back to get drafted in the first round. Max Bumgarner in 1948. How about that? Man. 
Got to love that. That's pretty good. Yeah, DBU, baby. So they've never had a a tight end drafted. They've only had two quarterbacks. The only other position that is as thin is center and guard as far as first-round draft picks, which, you know, centers and guards aren't first-round draft picks that often. exactly. It's not a premium position. But quarterbacks are, Texas has had two all-time, Vince Young in 2006 and Bobby Lane. In 1948. Oh. Uh, and this is where you, you like the trajectory sarcasm because literally you talk to the top personnel in the NFL. The Longhorns could have their next two quarterbacks go high in the first round. Yes. Because, you know, Quinn Ewers could be 1-1 overall based on the season he has. Certainly will be a top-10 mm-hmm. consideration next year. Yep. And we know the name Arch Manning. If he plays at Texas, he's going to be a high pick. Done deal. Done deal. And they have the uh, right now, you could argue, the best quarterback room in the country right now. Yeah. Uh, looking at what's behind Quinn Ewers and what Quinn Ewers is as a returning starter. Uh, yeah, that would be historic for Sark. Hell, Sark, if he ends up getting three players drafted in the first round, Texas had had three players drafted in the first round since 1980. I know. And that, Well, and next year with with uh, Quinn and Kelvin Banks, you definitely have. they could have two top tens. Yep, and if Isaiah Bunn works out the way they think, he projects as a guy that could be a top wide receiver drafted, and that would put you in the first round. If you're sure. anywhere in the top five wide receivers coming out. And we'll see. Yeah. Uh, we will certainly follow it here on Hook 'em Up. But as far as positions with the most first round picks, running back five. Oh, yeah, because yeah, all of them are elite. B. Man, John look, said, look, said B. Look, if Jonathan Brooks didn't get hurt, he would have been in that category too. Hey, he if Jonathan Brooks didn't get hurt, he would have been a first round guy. That would have yeah. been the sixth. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Bijan, Cedric Benson, Ricky Williams, Eric Metcalf, Earl Campbell. Ooh. Four wide receivers all time. Roy Williams, Johnny Lamb Jones, Meenan Schreiber. Schreier. Oh, way back. 1956. And, Hub, and the great Hub Bechtel. Wow. So back in 1947. Yeah, it's about that time for wide receiver again. Yeah. I didn't realize well, that was such a long time from – from Roy Williams to the one prior to him. Yeah, Lamb Jones. There was a 24-year gap between Dang. Lamb Jones and Roy Williams, and there haven't been one and since Roy. And I said, now you're looking at, yeah, basically another 20-some-year gap, right? It was Roy, 2004? Four, 20 yeah. years. Yeah, so 20 years. Wow. Where yeah, was uh, where was Jermichael Finley drafted? Because we were talking about the lack round. of, okay. Yeah, he was like second or third round. Jordan okay. Shipley, I think, was a third round. That's what's amazing is I'm such a draft nerd, and, Rod, you were drafted one time, so you've got lots of legs up on me on that. You were a draft pick. The, the, you know, if we get so caught up in the first round, but if you're one of the top 90 players drafted in your draft, that's pretty damn good. That's really damn good. I mean, that's you're, you're pretty much a badass. Oh, man. I mean, you to... this is college football, man. Yep. You're, I mean, but we all focus on the 32 best. I mean – you know, every teams are drafting for need. Teams are drafting for position. Teams are drafting uh, premium positions over. Yeah. I mean, if you get drafted in the first ninety picks, you're a yeah. Badass. Usually, that top hundred is kind of the cutoff because um, you know the first three rounds you'll get close there, and when you get those supplemental picks, right, yep. and supplemental draft, so you usually get close to a hundred in those first well, three rounds. I mean, that's that's when you you do feel like, oh man, I actually accomplished. Organizations something. that are good are planning on their top three picks to be starters. You're looking yes. to draft starting players in your yep. first three picks. Yep. I mean, if you're in the top of the top, you know, top ten of the first round, you're looking to draft a Hall of Fame player. You're yep. Pro Bowlers. Mm-hmm. You're looking for for foundational players. Yep. All time great. Which is why, if you're a Texans fan last year, right, you draft C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. You've got mm-hmm. two foundational players. Yep. At premium positions for the next decade for your organization, but you know, once you get past the premium guys, you're looking for looking for starters, looking for quality. And so if you're in the first 90 picks, man, you're, you're a dude. And the Texas Longhorns are probably have. You look at 90 picks. 
like they might have six, six or seven. seven. They might have Christian seven Jones guys in the top. That. That he is right now sneaking in. A lot of people got him rising up too. And I, I, we don't know about Jalen Ford. Jalen Ford at that off-ball linebacker He position. needs a good combine. He needs a good combine. I don't expect he'll have one. He's not a physical freak. But I think when people go back to the film for 2022, that his draft stock will rise too. I don't know if he'll make it into that top 100 guys. Uh, but, man, right now it looks like they, at least they'll get six guys in that top 100. Good stuff there. I'm hooking up with Ian Robbie, getting you a little draft talk as we're getting our big fat poll today. Who will be the third Longhorn drafted uh, in the NFL draft? You can send that in, 512-447-3776. If you think you know who the top free agent target for the Cowboys should be this offseason, send that one in to 512-447-3776. We'll come back, get to the wrap up those texts, and wrap up the show on the other side here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on the Horn. All right, wrapping things up here. Appreciate everybody playing along. Got a couple more texts. Jimmy the Gringo says, main reason I listen to your show is for the love of basketball. As far as the big fat pole of the bay, uh, sweat to the Las Vegas Raiders with the 44th pick. I like that, Jimmy. Specific, specificity. There we go. Appreciate that. I do appreciate it. Chan says he liked the song too. Some Commodores, some Yacht Rock Commodores. Talk about Vic Schaefer, the man rocks. The man don't play around. He does not play around. I can tell you from experience. Uh, based on individual team needs and some pretty favorable draft grades, it's finally not impossible that we have three going the first round. I agree with that. I agree with that random texter, 69. And, yes, Brady going 199 is always crazy. We'll be back tomorrow. Get you more coverage. Enjoy a margarita. Enjoy your night out. Night out. Remember, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean. See you right back here tomorrow for more from the Sports Complex. I'm counting 20 serious collisions on side streets or major thoroughfares here on this rather tranquil Thursday afternoon. Uh, the weather is not a problem at all. It's just people are running into each other at an alarming rate. We're going to go over some of these. We, we don't have time for all of them. On the eastbound side of Highway 79 toward Toll 130, crash there. Also eastbound Toll 45, that crash uh, dropped off, but now it's back, and it's a slow through there. Toll 130 heavy uh, north of there, too. Northbound on Mopac, north of 183, we've got a crash. And also also further south from there, uh, right there near Westover, a wreck reported eastbound on 71, headed to the airport, nightmarish traffic. Uh, this is all due to an earlier crash. I'll give you a couple of the latest ones at 12th at Harvey Street, also North Lamar. This is going to be at Oak Brook and over on Palmer at Corpus Christi on the northwest side. Also FM 969 at Dunlop Road. I'm Don Miller and that's your traffic. I just got a brand new Chevy Silverado Trail Boss, and I love it. Real customers talking about Apple leasing. I didn't have to put any money down, plus Apple got me out of my previous lease, took my trade in, and kept my payments right where I needed them. Once again, they did all the work and found exactly what I wanted with every option I asked for, and my payment is still way less than if I bought it. What's even better, I did everything over the phone, even signed the papers online with DocuSign. Super easy, and that's why I've used Apple leasing for 30 years now. They can get any maker model, sports car, cars, trucks, SUVs, even used vehicles, and they can usually find exactly what I want the same or next day, or at least within a week. Plus, I've never had to worry about tires or repairs because I'm always in a new vehicle under factory warranty. And then when I decide I want something else, I just call and they find my next one. And they'll take your trade in, even if you're upside down or want to get out of another lease early. So give them a call. Tell them what you want. They'll find it and give you a quote. It's that easy. Call Apple Leasing at 346-9977 or online at AppleLeasing.com. Progressive presents... 
10 things on a plumber's to-do list that are harder than getting a small business insurance quote. Waking up for 5 a.m. plumbing disasters, finding out why water is pouring from the ceiling while telling a customer to leave the room, replacing a pipe in a home from the 1800s, then dealing with invoices or your awkward apprentice or that really weird smell, and then there's breathing and eating, and of course, clogs. 